So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that promises much and delivers the Spanish Grand Prix. Have we ever promised much? I I once promised someone a tenner, and Phil, I owe you a tenner. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast that even a safety car can't save. You spend all day wishing for one, then one comes, the race is still shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that if it had a grandstand named after it, then it would also surely see the race then axed. Carlos Sainz oh, no, had I didn't. a grandstand yes. named after yes. him, and then they've axed the race. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast whose logo doesn't at all shamelessly rip off an existing logo. Don't know what you're talking about. We would never do such a thing. I'm Chica Rez, and today from the Picture House Central in London's glistening Piccadilly Circus, we are going to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix, where Mercedes couldn't do much better, Renault couldn't do much worse, and we said goodbye to the Barcelona Grand Prix. And we asked ourselves, do we care? That is all to come. Joining me is a motoring journalist who has been racing Gilles Villeneuve. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yes, I have been racing Gilles Villeneuve. No, you haven't. I have. He's dead. I have. Are you racing a Yeah, which is why I I still didn't win. Um, I've been to the home of the Spanish Grand Prix. Madrid. Well, yes, actually, um, to the Harama circuit, which hosted the Spanish Grand Prix several times between 1968 and 1981, as we all know. Um, And the lap record there is held by Gilles Villeneuve, 1979, Ferrari 3112, no, 312 T4, I think. Um, One minute 16, and I was trying to beat that in a Toyota Supra road car. And? Didn't. How much did he get to? Don't know, it wasn't timing it. Fuck it. So when I say racing, I mean driving in the same place as. 
But I drove the new Toyota Supra, and that's quite exciting for some people. Not for us. No. Well, I mean, I speak for myself. I don't no, know well, you, Terry. The look on your face suggests that you're not as enthused as maybe the Toyota fanboys out there. But don't ISIS use Toyotas a lot? <laughs> I mean, not Supras. <laughs> oh, okay. Do they? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, there's a big thing about it. They use the pickup but trucks, the Hilux. Yeah, all of <laughs> ISIS always use Toyotas. Uh, they yeah. s- so well, they're America. very reliable, you see. Or, is this, well, is this Renault marketing? Renault? Yeah, because Renault are their competitors in the pickup industry. Renault do a pickup, don't they? Do they? I don't know. You're the, you're the motor journalist. Do you know UK. anything, Phil? <laughs> Bloody hell. I don't think they do. They do. It's <laughs> called the Renault Pick. Pick. <laughs> and alongside him is a man whose thighs have grown. How very dare you. Thank you for looking. <laughs> um, so, I've been going to the gym a lot, like I said, the other month. Uh, I've got a personal trainer, still, still doing it, you know. I'm bench pressing and everything now. Uh, I, I've just realised this week, my jeans are getting too tight in the Ooh. thighs. That could just mean you're getting fat. I thought that, but I'm also climbing the stairs really easily. Like, <laughs> I'm sometimes overshooting the floor. Just <laughs> running into legs. walls at the top <laughs> of the stairs. <laughs> I mean, it's, a ha- it's havoc. How, how are your arms? Are they more muscly? They're pretty muscly. How's your waistline? Waistline's doing all right, but I'm drinking a lot of beer because I'm, I'm using the, um, <laughs> the seafood diet. Which is mainly prawns and lobster. Seafood. <laughs> Not you seafood and you, and eat, then it. you eat it. No, it's just <laughs> okay. prawns, lobster, oh. shellfish, oh. other fish. That doesn't sound. All the stuff you hate. Yeah. It's called oh. the Phil hates this diet. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's quite a varied diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> Probably very really good, good for you. Most yeah. food. <laughs> Chica. Yes. What the hell have you been up to? Yesterday was my final day at my job. Wait, what? You got fired? I got fired again. Oh, did they catch you with your fingers in the till? Is there even a till there? <laughs> well, there wasn't until... <laughs> she took the till. Until you <laughs> got them to order a till. <laughs> and I... Put <laughs> your fingers in it. <laughs> and for health and safety reasons, they, they fired me. So, yeah, that was... Uh, that was You're going to have to explain. So I work part-time. Uh, I worked, past tense, part-time at a place called South Bank Centre. Oh, on yes. the South Bank. Heard it. It's very famous. And good. I've worked there for two years. So you've obviously yeah. listened to Well, because to of me. you. So lots of people get sort of um, flowers and chocolates and stuff. I didn't. What do you think? I'm going to let you guess. Well, what I do you think I got? I think at the South Bank Centre they gave you the Royal Festival Hall. Or they I, renamed it in your honour or something like that. Is it what? the Chica Airs Hall now? Uh, Royal. Royal Chica Airs <laughs> Hall. Yes, because of my, you know, ancestors. Yes. I no, think, it's not that, but it should I be. I think they've got you a passive-aggressive gift, like... A diary or a, <laughs> or a clock. Is a diary passive-aggressive? Yeah. Oh, okay. A clock or a watch or something. Just a Some timekeeping <laughs> thing. Maybe a compass <laughs> and an atlas. This is wow. There's a uh, lot of pent-up rage going out here. I know. Just saying. Yes. Yeah, you know, something on, the, on that, of that ilk. You no, get? you're both wrong. I got a, um, like a stamp kit where you, you make stamps... And you s- uh, stamp them. Is that passive aggressive as that well? That has all the hallmarks of they've realised you're leaving on Friday about three yeah. o'clock and when. Go down to foils, buy one of those things by the till. Yeah. <laughs> Should be gone. Nobody's put much money yeah. in towards it. I was going to say, yeah, they yeah. took a collection and they got three pounds. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I mean, I'll put a tenner in because I'm a boss, but fuck it. Yeah. So let's trek in a boring procession to Listener's Corner, bumping Roman Grosjean around a bollard as we go and find out what you, our wonderful beer-buying listeners, have been saying about F1 in the past couple of weeks. 
So we're going to start by talking about the Barcelona race, as that's what just happened, which after this year's Snorathon looks like it's going to be replaced by the new Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort from next year, run by F1 legend Jan Lammers. The news was met by a chorus of meh from everyone. So Ross Chaplin says, Zandvoort will make Monaco look like an overtake fest. Drivers before the race must each try one of these Dutch brownies, should spice the race right up. Matt Bryant said, if they do keep Barcelona on the calendar, they should just replay the Mansell Senna clip for two hours. Apart from Hamilton kamikazing Nico who? It is the most exciting thing to happen there. I love the city and have a 90s nostalgia about the track, but it simply doesn't deliver good racing. But oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no. things I'm going to miss, being able to sing that song every year, right? Mm-hmm. whenever testing happens, whenever the race happens. Mm-hmm. Well, testing will still happen there. Will it? Probably. It's really good for testing. Yeah, that's true. It's really boring. Yeah, I suppose that is actually a good point. It's maybe it's maybe we haven't lost it entirely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it does come up with some stinkers, doesn't it? It's can, just can you remember, apart from the first one in 91 with the, the aforementioned uh, Mansell Centre bit, can you remember yeah, any decent ma- moments at the no. Spanish Grand Prix? What made them decide to choose Zandvoort? Uh, they money, had money. <laughs> Max Verstappen. Yeah. Wankers was wearing that, orange. Was that a really big, a really oh, big draw? Oh, I'm sure Max it was. Verstappen. Well, think about it. Alon- the Spanish Grand Prix is now gone because Alonso has quit because mm. it was him Signs. that basically brought Spain doesn't care about racing anymore. Yeah, Carlos Sainz, who? who? <laughs> he and did well. More on that later. Yeah, but Max Verstappen, the Belgian Grand Prix gets squillions of orange hatted The Austrian Grand Prix The Austrian Grand Prix, squillions of orange hatted fans. Yeah. Because they're the nearest races to, where is he from? The Netherlands. Dutch. All of the places. And so they've gone, well, let's have a race in there. Is there an old track we can use? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Which yeah they know it's shit. They well, know. And also, is it going to be the same slot? The next I possibly, so. I don't think so, they've confirmed that at the time of recording. But it's going to be by Monaco, so it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be before Monaco. Yeah, but it's going to be in the same. It's going to be close to Monaco, yeah, which yeah. is two really Probably. boring races. Though. Yes, I mean, in fairness to Zandvoort, it's a great track. Like, there's a uh, Red Bull today posted a clip of of Verstappen doing a demo and driving around there, and the track itself is awesome. It's just really narrow, and there's no way there's going to be good overtaking on it. So they could qualifying it. will be the day to watch because it will be great to see modern F1 cars wanging oh, around there. What's the but then once you've got point? over the novelty of that, it's going to be boring there's as hell. No novelty. It's I'm just looking forward to seeing shit. that. But I hate Formula One. <laughs> good. So Barcelona was another 2019 race, saw Ferrari dismally fail to take the fight to Mercedes, with neither driver managing to get on the podium after a race that saw Team Dither with team orders. Richard Stevenson says, Binotto hasn't got a pair of balls. Bring back the guy who looks like he ran a fairground ride in the off-season. Andy Dixon says, Ferrari, as usual, picking strategy from a tombola and making sure Leclerc gets the worst of the two. James Ellis said Ferrari just admit defeat and shift focus to beating Red Bull. Otherwise, Max is going to keep on mugging them while they fuck about drinking vino and eating pasta on the pit wall instead of making strategy decisions. A little bit racist, James. Just a little bit. It's not racist. It's It's not racist. The the Italians, as a people, are rubbish at everything. (laughs) Waste all their time <laughs> drinking wine and eating pasta. That's and if they don't all eat it on the pit wall, though. Some of them they have tables. Yes, they do. If you think that that's wrong, then <laughs> I will guide you towards Ferrari's results this year, where they've clearly got the quickest car. Well, they did a testing. I don't think they have now. Well, they have it now because it's got bloody spaghetti all over it. <laughs> Tangled up in the suspension. 
<laughs> some gnocchi in the break. You thought that was Flovis during testing. Yeah. It was actually just pasta sauce. Mm. Yeah, DRS uh, is just some garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, it's not, going not even funny. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> but, Ferrari, I mean, you know, they're sort of beyond jokes they now. Just we hold up garlic jokes bread. Jokes about Ferrari don't even have to be funny anymore. Yeah, they're shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was another one where they were. Ju- I mean, I don't think they've got the pace that maybe they did have in the first couple of races. So there's slightly less to balls up, but they still contrived to balls it up by not making any decisions. And then when they did it was a bit late this was all about switching the drivers around when one was obviously faster than the other and everybody the commentators everybody watching the TV was going switch them round you dickheads and they would just sit there for four laps not doing it and lost loads of time why? why did this happen? (sighs) who knows because Vettel has a contract that says I am the big dog so you can't do anything that makes me look shit but what he hasn't got in that contract is a thing that stops himself looking shit. I was going to say, can he sue himself for breach of contract? <laughs> exactly, because he, you know, he went for a lunge at the start and then flat spotted his tyre as yeah. the was slow. He had the great start, in fairness to him. That yeah. was a really good start. It was, good. I mean, he he went was better than the, both the Mercedes. Yeah. And when they got to the first corner, he was in the lead, but on the outside, then tinsed it up. Yeah, and he went for it, and good on him. But the thing is, and I think what's happening is, I think there's a lawyer on the pit wall. So... He's, ah. he's flat-spotted his tyre, he's slower than Leclerc, so then the Ferrari guys go, all right, well, we're going to let Leclerc through, and the lawyer goes... The ro- lawyer unrolls. Yeah, he says, no, you bloody won't, mate. Well, he so did chop off Leclerc at the very next corner, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, they go through litigation, then in the back, in the hospitality suite, they've got, like, a little court, <laughs> and then <laughs> Benotto's got to go there and put his case, and then Vettel's manager and Leclerc's manager have to kind of do the uh, kind of first, so swear on the Bible. That's why it took four laps. Yeah, and then, halfway oh, through okay. that, they've got a break for fucking pasta, and yeah. then <laughs> they in come chambers. back, and yeah. they go, all right, yeah. well, you've been overruled, you can overtake him. By which that point, appears to be, I mean, that, I suspect that would be a quicker process than what actually happened. That did actually happen. Okay. Well, our man on the ground there, Terry Saunders. <laughs> During qualifying, Valtteri badass returned and spanked Hamilton to pole position. But in the race, things changed. Mike Greeno says, Hamilton had a scruffy qualifying and responded by making Bottas his bitch in the race. As much as the press want to push this Bottas 2.0 bullshit, Lewis would have finished 15 to 20 seconds ahead if not for the safety car. Well, well, Bottas did a good job on qualifying he day. He did a very good job on qualifying day. And they said that Hamilton's battery was buggered or something. The thing is, Bottas has beat Hamilton a few times this year in qualifying. Three times, yes. in fact. Last three in a row. But... And I don't want to be like excuse-making, but it's always like Hamilton goes, oh, he didn't have a good lap. You know, he's never... It's like whenever Hamilton does a good lap, he's quicker, but he's been screwing up a bit this year. But it always feels like Bottas gets the better on Hamilton when Hamilton's done himself in. Yeah, or circum... I mean, in fairness to Hamilton, um, from what I read, there was a yellow flag towards the end of his session or something, so that he had to come in early, which meant he didn't have an out lap to charge his battery. So when he went back out again, he had to charge his battery, which doesn't mix well with warming your tyres up, and therefore messed everything up so modern Formula 1 everyone Um, but Bottas was was good on Saturday did really well nailed nailed it up did everything right Mm. got the rub of the green but then had a weird start 
Did he hear he his doing? excuse about the start? Well, he said the clutch was wrong, didn't he? Yeah, he, he couldn't he find the biting point. Well, he said that it sort of bit and then let off and then bit and then let off and then bit and let off and he had a shit start or something, which is weird because the clutches aren't that complicated. I don't quite know what would have happened to well, it. Well, do you know that thing when you listen to like all the proper podcasts and they give their kind of analysis and no one says the ob- obvious point? Because a few people have said that's the behaviour of a clutch when it's not warm enough. You know, if it's, if it's not been warmed properly... Oh. It can be a bit skittery. And the thing is, he was way ahead of everyone on the grid on the parade lap. And he had to wait for bloody ages oh. for everyone else to catch up. Was he too keen? So I think that's what happened. I think his clutch got cold. And then when it set off, it was buggered. That's wow. quite profound. I know. I don't think that's that's not a dumb we, thing to say. Know. We know a lot about engineering, don't that we? That was it. I was listening to all the, I was, I, the Autosport podcast, the Check and Flag podcast. What worries me is they didn't say it. I know. So I'm thinking, obviously yeah. it's not that. That's stupid. <laughs> But at the same time, it fucking was that. Right, okay. turning into Julian Palmer with your insights. I might get a job at Mercedes. <laughs> well, you can't because I'm looking for a job. So right, well, Mercedes. you'd like to... Yeah. Well, yeah, but my job at Mercedes will be chief tell Bottas to warm his clutch officer. Okay, okay. So you can find a job like that. Because my right. job would just be... Catering. Uh, well, Valtteri, warm it. Warm that clutch. <laughs> the head of Daimler, which runs the, the whole of Mercedes-Benz, has just retired, so there's a, a position chance. going. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. that's me and you go gap. for it. How are you qualified? Could, could you grow a massive moustache? Yep. Oh, yeah? Okay. Just give me no, a few bigger weeks. Than, bigger than that one. Bigger than that? Yeah. Oh, uh, don't worry, mate. This is, this is po- posting a wax. Rich Johnson writes, I stupidly got my girlfriend into F1, so now I have to listen to your show to keep updated. Can we hear more about the new peanut factory and a weekly story of Terry's driving? I mean, I didn't live in the peanut factory and Terry's not driving, so I think you're just going to have to watch the F1. I don't understand. He stupidly got his girlfriend into F1. Well, that was foolish. Women I mean, I did that as well. themselves into F1. <laughs> Finally, somebody said it. Yes, exactly. But I don't understand why that means... He has to listen to he's our scrub- story. He's because because for she knows more than him now, and so he. Well, has this podcast's to not going to help. Yeah, true. <laughs> listen to the Autosport podcast. Check <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frankly, even Miss Bloody Apex would do better than that if you want to have statistics. <laughs> oh, I, know, but, you know. I think he's. I think he's desperately scrabbling for an excuse. It's like we're like his guilty pleasure. It's like if you're sort of caught with porn or something. You go, uh, uh, I have to because I've got Research. my girlfriend into it or something. Porn. I assume. <laughs> You've got your girlfriend you know, into porn. That <laughs> that's weird. So was she not aware of it before, or was she just reticent? <laughs> it pays really well. <laughs> this is this is quite outdated references from Rich, though. Yeah. I mean, mm. when was the last time you lived in the peanut factory? Now you live in the other factory, the dog food Do- factory. Dog food Do you know what it is? It's because we're... He's, got, he's doing the greatest hits. Clearly, our, uh, our output in the last year or so has not been memorable. No. It's like saying... It's been, to, um, so I haven't lived in the peanut factory for nearly three years now. Yeah. So in the last three Come years, on, we haven't done memorable. It's like saying to a band, play your early ones. <laughs> Which most of the time you'd prefer they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Terry, so how's the driving going? <laughs> I do have a slight update on my driving. Oh, do you? Which is... Every morning when I run to the gym at about, I've got, a, I have a session with my trainer about eight a.m. because I'm pretty hardcore, <laughs> and uh, so I run down to the gym about half seven through the park, you know, try to really get my PB oh, I as I like go this, down the park. No, it's horrible. But my old driving instructor walks his dog at the exact same time, and I have to say hello to him every fucking day, <laughs> yeah. and he gives me that look of like, you can't fucking drive. 
and I think <laughs> you're a shit teacher. <laughs> so, in other news, remember Fernando Alonso? Nope. Well, he was a Spanish driver. He raced in F1 quite a, quite a long time ago uh, when McLaren were rubbish. And everyone has since forgotten him. Uh, Fernando left F1 because he was fed up of not winning. And he went to World Endurance Championship where he won everything because he had the best car. Now he's bored of that too. And he's announced that he's leaving the WEC to pursue other motorsport challenges. Our money is on Banger Racing in Ipswich. Alonso, he doesn't know what he wants to do, does That's he? He's fair like enough. a he's finished. He's like his a lost he can do soul. What he wants. He's just he's he's given up on F1 because he wasn't winning, and then he's given up on WC because he was winning too much. You know when you're really hungry and you go to the supermarket and you buy like a lot of food <laughs> and then you go home and you eat like two pizzas and some garlic <laughs> bread and you go, oh, I didn't want all that. <laughs> Alonso. Okay. He hadn't won for ages. He went to the WEC being really hungry. He won everything. Now he's sat there patting his belly going, I'm never going to run this off. So the WEC is the two pizzas of motorsport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he's obviously he's doing the Indy 500. He needs a salad. <laughs> and, and breaking news, did you see this earlier this afternoon? No. What? As we record this, he had a massive accident in practice for the Indy 500. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. Is he okay? Like, crashed into the wall about 200 miles an hour. Seems to be okay, as far as I could tell. But... Um, we should check this before this goes I made, out. I made though. a very funny joke about how you should now put £100 on Nelson Piquet Jr. to win the uh, Indy 500. That is a funny that joke. I was funny. quite pleased with that. Make sure we'll, we'll check so that. So I don't know where he's going to pop up after that, because obviously by the end of May, the Indy 500 is all over. What do we think? Where's he going to go? Formula E? Seems the obvious route. He'll do a bit of rallying, Formula E. Uh, he's going to be like Montoya. He'll do. He'll be in truck driving. Horse racing. He'll just be... Oh, NASCAR could be quite fun. Yeah, he'll do a bit of NASCAR. He'll do a bit of this. He'll do a bit of that. He'll lawnmower do a bit of racing. Lawnmower racing. He'll do a bit of <laughs> motorbiking. Motorbiking. Yeah. Is that not what it's called? I, no, I think that's right. Sidecar. Are they, do they still oh, do sidecar? Yes. Isle of Man TT sidecarring with Nelson Piquet Jr. <laughs> that would be amazing. And possibly fatal. Rich Energy News, the energy drink company that's definitely real, is in the news this week for all the wrong reasons again. This time it's because they stole their logo from British bicycle manufacturer White Bikes. They like literally took the same logo and they added an extra bit. So after a legal judgment on the case went against them, Dick Energy will now have to remove the images from the Haas cars. Haas! And it will mean a change to Grosjean and Magnussen's helmets. Meh. The company CEO, Richard Energy, is said to be considering an appeal. Shall we go to our graphic design correspondent, Terry Saunders? So, I've investigated these two logos, mm. and it has all of the hallmarks of someone going, do you know what, this cunt isn't paying me enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rip something off, and no one's going to fucking notice. Because who the fuck is going to know white bike, wild white bikes? White bikes? Well, white actually, bike. they're from not too far from me down in East Sussex. So I, and as a cycling aficionado, I had heard of them and I had seen their logo, but I never put two and two together and realised that their logos are exactly the same. Exactly. But props to the designer. He did add two tiny bits to make it look as if, you know, I've, I've earned my day, right? I added a rectangle. Because <laughs> for those that don't know, Terry is a, by profession a graphic designer, and you've done some forensic investigation into just just how similar are they for people that haven't seen these? I mean, I'm going to say 97% similar. <laughs> the colour's different. Okay. What colour are they? The, the rich energy is gold, the white bikes is white. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're, so they're stylized antlers, and the rich energy one has added like an extra offshoot. But that's the only difference. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, that's kind of creative in itself, though, isn't it? 
I mean, if you've got your seven-year-old to do it, which, <laughs> judging by this guy, he probably has just got... I mean, I'm actually giving the guy a bit too much credit that he employed a graphic designer to do this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he did it himself. Pretty sure. Richard Energy. Richard Energy. Dick Power has, uh, <laughs> has got Photoshop open, which he hasn't paid for. Pirated Photoshop. <laughs> changed it. Well, they're gonna, after, after paying to sponsor an F1 with the proceeds of the, the millions of energy drinks that they've sold, they're now going to have to probably pay a large settlement to White Bikes as well. I wonder, has he paid uh, to be an F1 or has he promised to pay to be an F1? Maybe he's paying them in, he's paying them in rich energy. <laughs> or White Bikes. So as everyone likes Formula One documentaries more than actual races now, there's another one on the way. Schumacher is the epic story of Ralf Schumacher, one of Germany's finest racing drivers. Wait, no, Michael. It's about Michael Schumacher, best known for being the father of F2 racer Mick Schumacher. But did you know that Michael was a racing driver too? No? Then you need to watch Schumacher, which will be coming to a cinema near you whenever the producers manage to sell it to a distribution company. I would really like to see the Ralph Schumacher film. <laughs> that would be great. Living in your brother's shadow, sibling rivalry. What's he doing now? Do we know? Is he still racing anyway? He's <laughs> I think that's beyond even now. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1's sake. Find us on Facebook where we're for F1's sake. Or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And a huge thank you to the, all the people that have bought us a beer in the past month. They are Jeff Kinslow. Cheers, Jeff. Oh. Blair Yake. Cheers, Blair. Amy Husbands. Thanks, Amy. Cheers, Amy. Vitor Torres. Oh. Cheers, Vitor. And Richard Stevenson, who says this message. A beardy hipster IPA for Terry, a generic lager for Phil, and something with an umbrella in it for Chica. Can Richard. you get an umbrella in Lyra and Soda? Yeah, go on, no. <laughs> Stick me an umbrella in my half pint here. A big thank you to Donald Griffin, who set up a monthly reoccurring payment. Oh, Donald. Which you can do. What a guy. Best Griffin I know. And also thank you to all the anonymous people who have bought t-shirts. Over to you, Terry, with the shop, shop, shop. Okay, so here are what we've sold since the last podcast. We've sold one t-shirt with a logo. One t-shirt that says, I'm hard. (laughs) Two Gunter Steiner t-shirts. One t-shirt that says, I'm hard. Another person, probably a man, has brought an I'm hard t-shirt. A lady has bought an I'm wet t-shirt. Ooh. And another man has bought an I'm hard t-shirt. <laughs> Nobody has bought an I'm medium. It's weird, isn't it? Because that's a I'm really funny joke. Intermediate. Yeah. Or, frankly, disappointed that no one has got the balls to buy an I'm soft t-shirt. Would you wear one? Yeah. I would wear one. Yeah, I'd wear an I'm soft t-shirt. I have problems in that area. The t-shirt area? Yeah. Not my anymore, because t- you've been to the gym so much. My tyres do not last a lap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for that everyone and if you want to buy us a beer you can do at ff1s.com and click on buy us a pint and now time for the teams mercedes hamilton is back in the lead and if that wasn't enough he got the fastest lap too Another weekend that was quite simply unfair for Bottas. He had a great qualifying, everything was looking great. Personally, I thought nothing could stop my favourite Finn from claiming victory. But, as we said, a bad getaway and clutch problems meant that Hamilton was way in front of him. 
I've now written question because I wrote this at six in the morning. I can <laughs> think of a question. Okay. Question. Make, make one up now. Would this race have been better if it wasn't at fucking Barcelona? Because a dodgy start from Bottas, a, a racy Vettel, that lead, that's a great start to a race at Canada. That yep. would be a fucking amazing Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, Italy, yeah, great Grand Prix. Any Spain, other track? You just go. Okay, well we, we've had our thirty seconds of fun. Yeah. Once I'm they got go through turns, was it three and four? Where I'm done? Where Hamilton and whoever his teammate was had that crash a couple of years ago. It was like, well, okay, that's the end of that. Then. Yeah. But I'm I'm worried for Bottas. Last time out, I was saying how, you know, my he's got off my estimation. But the thing is, he's good at the start of the season. I don't know what it is. Is it like the finish? They're good in the kind of winter months and then they, they go down in the summer. <laughs> I don't know. Is that scientific? Not sure. I but think it's more psychological. Do you not think that after a while he's just like, oh, fuck this? Yeah, pretty much. He's got no chance. I but okay. I want him to have a chance. He, his, um, his body language after the race suggested he was rather grumpy and not of course it was. taking it very well. What did you think he was going to do? Skip up to second what place I'd like on the him podium? To do, what I'd like him to do is go, you know, fair enough, Lewis beat me today, but I'm going to be back next time. I'm going to smash him. I'm going to smash him. I'm going to smash him. Two things. One, I agree in one way of like, how hard must it be to get out of a car when you've just been beaten by Lewis Hamilton? It's, it's, it's yeah. just, and it must have to just stand in front horrible. of the world. Two, on the other hand, I would love it if he skipped to the podium. That would be a massive <laughs> fuck you. And actually, a kind of confidence boost if he just went, I'm happy with seconds, you prick. Uh, 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 uh. You think you can get me, I'm skipping, I'm so happy. Because as we've learned from that guy who beat Hamilton the other year, mind games is the only way to get... You can't beat Hamilton on the track. You've got to get in his head and fuck with him. And if... Bottas was just relentlessly happy so that every time he got beaten almost made it like a sexual turn on like wow, if every that, time that he got turned quickly okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> every time I beat him like Bottas was like I really like it when you beat me <laughs> he'd just think twice next time he was overtaking him he'd be like do you know what is it worth it I've already got five championships could that be a t-shirt <laughs> um, I did I did worry a bit when it seemed like Bottas lost the lost the lead and immediately gave up and dropped back because he was like, oh, I'm going to look after my tyres and, oh, don't want to jeopardise second place. And it wasn't like, no, fuck you, Hamilton, I'm having this place back, I'm going to harry you. He didn't. Then he deliberately just let a gap come out. Apparently, it's like four seconds at that track. If you're four seconds behind, your car is fucked from the car in front. He's not going to overtake, yes. though, is he? So. Well, I'd like to have seen him at least have a go, at least give Hamilton something to think about, get in his mirrors, he give him a little bit there of... There's no way he was going to overtake. Well, you can't. Not, not at that track. You can't do it. Well, I think the whole practice sessions for the whole weekend, you should be going around off the racing line, making your own racing line. And then, on race day, you can use your own special line Ooh. to overtake. Genius idea. Why does no one do it? It's not a bad okay. idea, actually. It's great I just idea. realised this, this change of race from... Barcelona to Zandvoort is going to ruin another one of our t-shirts. After Stoffel van Dorn cruelly left F1, ruined our Stoffel Roffel t-shirt, now our podium by Barcelona t-shirt is going to be completely irrelevant. It's not going to be irrelevant because McLaren still won't get a podium by Barcelona. <laughs> Fuck, that's it. If that was the last Barcelona race, they have failed. <laughs> they have actually <laughs> failed to get a podium by Barcelona. And they will want, never be another Barcelona That is Grand a momentous Prix. occasion and if you want to celebrate this momentum, momentous occasion then you can do so by buying the now exclusive yeah, limited now exclusive. edition <laughs> rare one-off yeah 
it's like a sort of Kennedy assassinated paper. Will they, yep. will they still be for sale after this, though? Yes. Yep. Okay. Everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. <laughs> I'm for sale. Red Bull, an excellent drive from Verstappen. He stood on that podium which, with a metaphorical middle finger up at Vettel as he rose above him into third in the standings. Terry, I look to you for the most candid critique of Verstappen. What did you think of his performance? Did all right. Good. I mean, that for Terry, that's, that yeah, I mean, is high praise. That is, that's a holding him to your heaving bosom, isn't it? I mean, he... The Red Bull's good. Ferrari should have beaten him, I think. The Red Bull's good, but it's not that good. Yeah, but Ferrari is shit. Eh. No, I mean, Ferrari are no, falling yeah. over themselves. No, they are. You're yeah. right. Ferrari, Ferrari, I think the car, I think, is better than Red but, Bull, but they keep fucking it up. Yeah, but, but Red Bull isn't really not a great car either. It's so. not brilliant this year, and Verstappen has been... I think he's finally found that balance that we've been berating him for okay. in previous th- years. But, he's, right. he's quick, but he's not making stupid mistakes. Here's a question. Mm. If Ferrari this year was driven by Alonso and Verstappen, would the lead Red Bull have beaten those two cars? Hang on. <laughs> Wait, There's what? a lot of variables there. Run through that again. So if this <laughs> year Alonso and Verstappen were driving for Ferrari, right. yeah. would the lead Red Bull car who's have driving, beaten the who's Ferrari? Who's driving for Red doesn't Bull? doesn't matter. Okay. Well, no, it depends. If it's Gasly, no, he wouldn't have, okay, Gasly wouldn't great. have beaten them. If Verstappen. Hamilton was in the Verstappen. Red Bull, if Verstappen was in the Ferrari in and in the Red yeah. Bull. Right. If there is some Yonkel kind Max. of 80s film thing and they've gone to a thing well, and there's two Verstappen. <laughs> and one of them's got like a fly on his face. Right. And the other's got a mullet. Yeah. So okay. Verstappen's racing Verstappen. Yeah. Yep. Well, Ferrari what Verstappen would film. beat, would beat uh, mulleted Red Bull Verstappen. I rest my case. Yes. I mean, I think I agree so with that you. Was a good, <laughs> so that was a really good race then? Thanks, yeah. Okay. No, not, not your description. The race. Verstappen was good in the race because he would have beaten... Yeah, but because if Verstappen analogy, was Ferrari, he would have beaten Ferrari Verstappen. Yeah, but my analogy was really good. No, that, was, that made no sense whatsoever. I don't know what's okay. going on. Gasly. Oh, yeah. However, there was another teammate that we have forgotten about. Gasly. He looked like he might be able to hold Vettel off after he got stuck behind him after a pit, but he didn't. Phil, anything else we should be talking about? In terms of Gasly? Yeah. Uh, he's getting there. He's less miles behind Verstappen, but still quite a way behind him. It looks like he is finally starting to get to grips with the car. Let's not forget, Verstappen, despite Terry's protestations, is very good. And he's doing a cracking job this year, I think. Can I throw Gasly in Gasly has been thrown into the deep end too early, and he's... I think he's now sort of realising that maybe he doesn't need his water wings and could slightly venture towards the deep end a little bit. Do you think he just needed confidence? I'm sure that's a large part of it, but I think it's just time in the car, time understanding the car, because we've, we seem to hear more and more now about how ridiculously complicated these cars are. Like, you know, you have to warm up the tyres in a particular way and then drive it in a certain way to get the battery energy back. And all this, there's so many little foibles about driving these things. And even if you're a particularly great driver who can get into a go-kart and get instantly quick times, nope. trying like to us. understand, <laughs> trying to, without breaking their ribs, trying to get... Cracked, Phil. <laughs> cracked. Same cracked thing. the same Trying to get the most out of a Formula 1 car is really hard. Um, and I think you Gasly like is finally... You Formula 1 car. I've been in a Formula 1 car. I've been in a Formula 1 car. I've been a passenger in a Formula 1 car. They can't be a passenger in a Formula One, one car. Driver. I present to you the two-seater Formula One. That's car. not, That's a, not Formula a Formula One. one it's a 1998 Minardi with an extra seat put in the back. That's of it. been adapted for fuckers like you. Formula One car is for one driver. Single seater, they call uh, it. 
It would no. This was a double seat. I got oh. I got driven around the Aston Marina by Nicolas. Anyway, oh. well, let's go on to let's stop fighting. Let's go on to <laughs> Ferrari. Ferrari are nearly 100 points behind Mercedes. For fuck's sake! Slow pits. Vettel messed up his tyres. Sorry. We're only five races in. Five races in, nearly 100 That's 20 points. 20 points a race. That was that was oh. quick. Slow pits, Vettel messed up his tyres, and the team thought, I know, let's swap those guys around a couple of times. Yeah, it's the same old story, isn't it? Is there, uh, can this continue? What's next? In Monaco next? Yep. Which is where Leclerc is from, as yes. we keep being uh, fucking told. How is Ferrari oh, going to mess it up in Monaco? He was born rich. What? How is Ferrari going to mess it up in Monaco? What are they going to do this well, time? It, is Ferrari, will Monaco suit Ferrari or vice versa? I don't think so knows. particularly. Why not? Because they're, it's a low speed, Ferrari uh, slow high though. downforce track. Do you know what? At, this, uh, at the rate that Ferrari are going with strategy, they're going to, the, the next, the Monaco Grand Prix, the they're going to turn up and find out that they've sent the cars to the wrong track. <laughs> <laughs> they're there going, hang on, Montreal? No, no, mate, it's Monaco. There they go. Oh, we got him on a gallon. I'll tell you what we didn't mention about Ferrari from this race. It's their first round of pit stops. It was fucking woeful. What happened? Well, they, the rear left on both cars came yeah. in. And they were well. They were almost five seconds per pit stop, which is, in F1 terms, is shite. Okay. Haas. Haas. Miss Jones. The first double point and Grosjean's first point of the season. Oh, he gets to be on my standings. However, no, first point of the season. That's yeah. terrible. Because for the terrible. record, the last two times we've done a podcast, I've had a really good joke in the standings for Grosjean, but the <laughs> hasn't said any points. Well, finally, <laughs> yeah. you, have you got it now? Yeah, today's is a bit weak. Okay, well, you know, wait for that. it, wait for it. But however, despite this, there are going to be slaps on the wrist after they touched on a lap towards the end. But all in all, not as bad as usual for Haas. Is this a lucky one, guys, or is this a glimpse into the future? Well, they did bring a massive update, which they got Grosjean to test and not Magnussen on the practice, so they were kind of back and <laughs> Who's forth. Who's a safe pair of hands for the <laughs> only new bit of kit we've got? No, Roman, you know, you could do it, but, you know, Kevin just, he feels a bit left out, so it'd be really good if you drove the old tatty car <laughs> and we're getting the, to drive the new one we've got 55 replacements yeah, for yeah 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 don't worry about it mate don't worry about it it's not anything to do with your driving <laughs> it wasn't they didn't cover themselves in glory because there was that sort of tete a tete shall we say between Magnus and Grosjean as they tried to overtake each other which resulted in Grosjean I think taking that route around the bollard at turns uh, on every fucking turn lap turn two every single lap it was like a joker lap in rallycross um, but and did you hear the radio from Gunter Steiner at the end of the race? Oh no, I don't think I did. Oh, it was good. Literally the first message was, as they crossed the line and were warming down, Steiner came on the radio to Magnus Henderson and said uh, something along the lines of, Kevin, come and see me after the race. Before you do anything else, you come and see me. And Magnus went, okay. Oh. And, Gro and then he said to Grosjean, he's like, don't worry, Romo, we're going to talk to Kevin, we're going to talk to both of you, we're going to straighten all this out, or something along those lines. And then he said, Kevin, did you read the t-shirt I brought you? Which is a very much for the uh, T-shirt that we oh, sell sorry, that yeah. says Gunter Steiner is shop. my spirit animal. Shop, shop, shop. Kevin, KevinMagnuson.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. I am very much looking forward to the next series of Drive to Survive now. Because I think this is that's what we need to bring Haas back into our collective minds. Because they've not been performing well enough to keep us there after the success of the first series of Drive to Survive. True. Of which they were the stars. McLaren. 
Yes, Spanish Science came home with points in the motherland. However, he did not provide the entertainment his Spanish fans deserved as his race was really boring. Do you think McLaren chose Science to drive for him because of how Spanish he looks? Slightly looks. racist. That's how Spanish racist. he looks. He is Spanish. Yeah, I know, but he is he looks Spanish. What's, he what, is Spanish and what looks do you mean he looks Spanish? Spanish? He's wearing a Toreador outfit. <laughs> Do you, think that, was, do you think that was a factor? Do you think they were like, he's a good driver, he has excellent family members, and he looks Spanish? Are you seriously suggesting that his looks got him his drive? No, it's nothing as that's that's small as that. That's it's because sexist. of his father. Lucas, it's sexist. because of his father okay. he got the drive. It's nepotism and nothing more. Excuse me, I disagree. If he was Carly Sainz Jr. I think they were like, we need diversity here. He looks a bit Spanish. That's we'll not diverse. It. He was that replacing Alonso. <laughs> Clando <laughs> Norris tried to pass Stroll on the inside in the bit that caused the safety car to come out there was a bit of a shove and they both retired right that incident then whose fault was it it was Lando's fault because he was doing really well this year and then he's just done a rookie error and every time a rookie does his first rookie error there's a little bit of you that dies see I Sure, I agree. I think I, for once I agree with the stewards. I thought it was six or one half dozen the other. I thought Norris was that a little was bit not, careless. That was not the stewards' official report. It was. A little <laughs> caption doesn't come up on the screen six saying that was six of one half a dozen the other. <laughs> We're going to bang your heads together. I thought Norris was probably a little bit hopeful, but you know he was on the inside. But he probably should have expected that Stroll probably would have closed the door. Stroll probably no, should have given him a little bit more room. In isolation. You know. Yeah, in isolation it was a racing incident, but I'm disappointed in in Norris. In Lando Norris. You're not angry. Because you know what it says on Lando Norris t shirt? It's Lando Norris. Please drive carefully. That's true. And he, <laughs> and he didn't, didn't he didn't drive carefully. He didn't. And if maybe if more people had bought that t shirt. Yeah, well. Oh, stop it. Renault! Hulkenberg started from the pits. Ricardo got a grid drop from Azerbaijan and a badly timed pit. Neither got points. They're below Haas in the standings now. I've been thinking about this. Red Bull Ricardo was fun-loving, always laughing, jumping in pools. What do you think Renault Ricardo is like? Would you take Renault Ricardo to the pub? Oh, he would not stop going on about it, would he? <laughs> You'd be like, "Oh, it's nice weather," and he'd be like, "Yeah, when I was in Red Bull, it was nice weather, but you know, right now, I think he's still in the kind of sense of denial that he's saying that he's building a team and all this kind of stuff. But it's starting to sink in that." He might as well be HRT again. Renault are massively underperforming. Mm. Considering they're a works manufacturer team with a works manufacturer budget, and I'm sure they're not, I'm sure they're working hard and they're putting loads of money into it. They're but being they beaten by McLaren. Exactly. And we know what a fucking, I mean, and I bet they're spending more than Williams. Yeah. Thank <laughs> fuck. If Williams weren't there, they would be like, that's last. one of the new Renault t shirts, in fact. <laughs> Thank <laughs> sort of our new t shirts. Thank fuck for Williams. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they were saying at the start of this year that not only were they going to be at the top of the, uh, the also rounds, they were going to be pushing Red Bull. And they, you know, they wanted to get into that exclusive club. They are nowhere. I mean, how many points? Where are they? Eighth? Something like that? Is that how long Terrible. is he signed? Is it just a year he's got a contract? I'm for? not sure. They are pushing Red Bull alphabetically. <laughs> like they're near they're, yeah, they're, they're right just behind them. Red Bull but they're right there yeah. they're right there <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know how long he signed for I think it was a couple of years it must be a couple of years I, doubt I think, just it, was a, I think it was a two or three year they? like a, we're going to yeah. build this team oh, although really? there's presumably a, a performance clause in there whereas if they're really shit he'll be able to trigger something to get out and go somewhere better if he doesn't smile for a certain percentage he can get out free 
got you. But his dental hygiene now that he's not drinking out of shoes all the bloody time must be much better. Racing point. A bad weekend for the team. They were slow. Paris finished in 15th. Strong got pushed off by a teenager called Lando. 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 And Haas are pretty close to them in the points. It wasn't great for them, was it? No. I, I'll be honest, I don't remember a huge amount did, about them in the I was race. Gonna say, I they were conspicuous really by their absence, but they've not been. Maybe, maybe I seem to remember in the pre-season we were like, oh, they've got lots of money this year. <laughs> maybe they'll be shit because they're used to functioning on no budget, and that does seem to be the way but things not, are going. Not mean shit. Where are they? The, in the, thing is the midfield is so tight that it only takes a slightly dodgy race to be shit. Which means if you took Ferrari and Mercedes and even Red Bull out of the equation this year would be fucking amazing it would be a really close amazing fight but it's ruined by those six cars at the top just going yeah yeah we'll I don't win. think Stroll is helping uh, especially in his qualifying because once again didn't get out of Q3 and there's that what's that nine Has races in a row out of Q3 yes Q1 sorry alright Q3 Q1 I mean minus figures <laughs> I'm minus fourth on the grid <laughs> Once again, he didn't he get has, out of He like hasn't it. been out of Q1 yet. No, no, no. it's like nine he races it, now that he's not. That's bad. And I think it's Q1 the only is non-Williams that has, hasn't done that. Q1 is his comfort blanket. Oh, he's happy. There's a T-shirt. <laughs> Stop it. Everything's a T-shirt, Phil. Buy There's a T-shirt. Toro Rosso. Kvyat got points coming home in ninth, which is pretty good if a non-eventful drive from him. And Albon nearly got points, but didn't in 11th. I am unable to get excited about what went on in the actual race, but this is a notable improvement for Toro Rosso. Kvyat did good. Yeah, best move in the race came from Kvyat. He, he did was some my driver of the day, actually. Great. Was Bloody he the actual great. driver of the day? I don't know. No, it was. it was fucking Verstappen. There's <laughs> all the orange t-shirted wankers were just like pressing one. Uh, uh, we only <laughs> like the guy with from the same country as us. <laughs> Kvyat did an amazing overtake around the outside of someone. Um, and David Cross said it was Albon and I was like whoa that was amazing from Albon and then realised that actually it was Kvyat and Croft had fucked it up yeah but Albon still came home in 11 yeah I, I think Albon is very good I didn't realise until this weekend Albon has had very very little time in a Formula 1 car compared to uh, how Kvyat and most other of the rookies I don't know exactly how much it is but it's not very much 27 minutes I've heard that people at Toro Rosso are massively impressed with how he's doing considering oh, really? how and his cute he's done he uh, where is, is he um, Verlainian cute or have you seen Verlain lately he's gone very hipster <laughs> Don't, I've gone right off him oh <laughs> yeah Albon though quite a hipster yeah I don't like I don't like my own that's the thing Albon though Alfa Romeo Last podcast, I asked you, how much longer will Raikkonen score points for? Terry, you said every race this year. I said, how much would you put on it? You said £400. How do you feel now that your reliable point scorer came home in 14? Two things. One, you can't prove to me that 14th doesn't score points. I, I really can. You can't prove I'm sure I've got news. a copy of the FIA regulation. Two... Here. I think you'll find what I said in the last podcast uh-huh. was that if he doesn't score a point, then £400 is owed to me by a charity of my choosing. <laughs> so Great Ormond Street Hospital owe me 400 quid. Don't you have to do something with your cats as well? Is that a thing? That was a different bet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't remember I what. to think you might have a gambling You're problem. Give a cat, I don't have a gambling problem because I never <laughs> lose. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, Alfa, another team that hasn't really been firing on all cylinders, considering... Giovinazzi, did, you, did you expect them to, though? Giovinazzi is the only non-Williams driver to have not scored a point. Oh, that's good That's fact. depressing. That's depressing. You've wasted that for the fact off. It's not a fact. Yeah, they've really not been doing as well. Considering they are essentially the second Ferrari B team, they've not been doing as well as I thought they might this year. Right There's a t-shirt. Stop it. Right <laughs> <laughs> right Second Ferrari B team. <laughs> Sorry, as you are. <laughs> Creating a lot of work for yourself here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm like not old <laughs> the next t-shirt is going to be some stylized antlers. <laughs> Just say FF1S. <laughs> It took just 19 laps for Hamilton to lap Kubica, and then they both were a lap down at the end of the race, despite a safety car. If you were Kubica and or Russell, would you leave? And if so, which new career would you choose to pursue? Oh, good question. Uh, oh, you mean leave F1 or leave Williams? F1. Oh, crikey. If I, I was Russell, no, I think Russell is acquitting himself pretty well in a terrible car. Oh, that's not the game. Oh. In that case, sorry, of course, I meant, <laughs> yes, he should be a chimney sweep. A chimney sweep? I don't know. He's very Why? young. He's got a really big face. He'd be very good as a George Ezra impersonator, or perhaps George Ezra himself. How much longer can... Well, I mean, can we still give Kubica the benefit of the doubt? It's five races now. We're pretty much a quarter of the way through the season. He's miles off. He's miles off Russell, let alone miles off everybody else. Oh, it's he's in a Williams. He, he is in a like Williams. Russell's in a Williams. And they swapped cars this week as well. Russell, Russell is now in Kubica's old car. So it's not the car. Kubica was still way off. It's, it's Kubica. He's, he's not good enough. And we, I wonder Williams, if somebody's Can they gonna, chuck him? I'm sure they could find a way of chucking him. Do if they, they have a backup? Uh, well, any Mercedes young Could driver. anybody Ocon. drive? Ocon. Oh, great. Oh, oh don't bring Ocon into this. That would be or so sad. any Formula 2 driver. Verline. Did I hear a rumour that um, uh, Latifi from Formula 2 might be coming in? No one's going to get in that car. <laughs> right now, the Williams is worse than driving in like Minardi in the 90s. What if somebody came in with a Minardi? <gasps> what if Minardi bought Williams? That would be good. Who, who actually ran Minardi? Paul Minardi. <laughs> Pretty sure. I actually interviewed Paul Stoddart once. Because he was, ba he had another business that was based where I used to work on a local newspaper. It was really weird. Good. What was his business? Can't remember. Right. <laughs> okay. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So the Spanish Grand Prix is dead to us now. So I thought, what other things that were a bit shit that have now gone <laughs> can I talk about for the standings? Which led me to think of shit British TV quiz shows <laughs> that we don't miss. So, <laughs> trust me, it, it gets better. So, in first place is Winner Takes It All with Jimmy Tarbuck. It's, no, Winner Takes All, not Winner Takes It All. That's the ABBA quiz. Winner Takes All with Jimmy Tarbuck. Do you remember that? Nope. Nope, no one? I no. don't miss it. Don't remember. Right. That's Lewis Hamilton. Second place, Opportunity Knocks. That's Valtteri Bottas. Oh, yeah. Third place, Michael Barrymore's Kids Say the Funniest Things. <laughs> Max Verstappen. <laughs> Fourth place, the weakest link, Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> Fifth place, beat the teacher, that's Charles Leclerc. Sixth place, big break, it's Pierre Gasly. And in seventh place, Kevin Magnussen, it's Golden Balls. Eighth place, wipeout, Sergio Perez. Ninth place, at your age, it's Kimi Raikkonen. Tenth place, it's Britain's next top model, Lando Norris. Oh. 
11th place, Family Fortunes, Carlos Sainz. 12th place, it's Daniel Ricciardo with Shafted. 13th place, the biggest loser, it's Nico Hülkenberg. Lance Stroll is at 14th with The Price is Right. <laughs> Albon in 15th with every second counts. Kavia is the golden shot and Romain Grosjean is holding the wall. Oh, that was excellent. Thank you. That got better as it went on. It did, didn't it? You know, trust me. It started badly. It started badly, but you know me, if the, if the driver standings are good, the constructor standings are. Right, so Zandvoort is coming into Formula 1, so I thought, what would the teams be like if they went on holiday in the Netherlands, specifically <laughs> Amsterdam? <laughs> so, Mercedes, dominatrix for hire, they could, they could just tell you what to do and come one, two all over you. <laughs> Second place, oh Toto, dominate me please, that's Ferrari, they're very submissive. <laughs> Third place, Red Bull is legal here, but only in sanctioned cafes. Fourth place, Orange Tulips of Amsterdam. Fifth place, the red light districts means the sex workers are charging their batteries. What? I said joke about the red lights on the back of the cars. Yeah, okay. Oh, you got it, okay. Sixth place, mostly below sea level. In the championship, it's Haas. On your bike, Alfa Romeo, round and round like a windmill is Renault, and parch the Dutchie to the left-hand side is Toro Rosso. You have heard it before, and you cannot unhear it. It is time for The Fact Off. So in previous games of Fact Off, it has been 2-0 to Terry, yes. right? Fix. Phil, you get to start this episode's Fact Off, the Spanish Grand Prix. Okay, here we go. Since 2015, spectators at the Spanish Grand Prix have not been allowed to have alcohol. Okay, interesting. I've gone for a more generic Spanish fact, which is also sport-based. Spain's Paralympic basketball team were ordered to return their gold medals in, from Sydney 2000 after nearly all of their players were found to have no disability. <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, Phil, no offence, but that's a rubbish fact. What? Imagine going to Formula One and not being allowed to drink. That would piss me off. Yeah. That, that's insane. But also, imagine going to Formula One and watching the Spanish Grand Prix. Without being able to drink. But they know that if you got drunk, you might rebel. I mean, They don't is... spend the money fixing the track. There was the old Indianapolis no. thing when they started throwing yeah. beer cans at the thing. No, no, we're not, we're not debating the concept here. We're debating the, the fact, okay? It's a great and fact. And it's a really boring fact. I no disagree. Sense, Phil, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling cocky. I want better. a new referee. Yeah. This is outrageous. Want shush. So at the end of that round, it is one to Terry. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, well, yes. no, no, let's Horseshit. see if you can redeem yourself in round two. Okay. In 2012, the entire village of Sedato in Spain won the lottery, except for one guy. <laughs> I'd be a fucking great journalist. That is funny, but it's not really a fact. I mean, I suppose it is a fact. It is a fact. If it's true, it's a fact. Right, Source. I'm just going to find funny stories that? about whatever country we're in next time. I mean, that, yeah. I do have a fact. The word Spain means land of rabbits. That is interesting. Let him have that one, because my next oh, one's a doozy. I'm, I'm fucking the judge, alright? But yes, I will be giving that to you, Phil. That was not charity, that was because it was a brilliant fact. Thank you, Tinker, I've always fact. respected 
and round three. In the 10 years from 2007 until 2016, the Spanish Grand Prix was won by 10 different drivers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just yawning on the mic there. Sorry, what? Just because you're going to do a story about some Spanish bloke that's got a cock on his nose or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Verstappen, Rosberg, Hamilton, Alonso, Maldonado, Vettel, Weber, Button, Raikkonen, and Massa. But since then, Hamilton's won all of them. Okay. That's good. And that's okay. a proper F1 fact. No, no, it's good, well it's researched, good, it's good. perfectly right. delivered. You don't have to just. Yeah, it's good. Terry? In 2006, baguettes were simultaneously placed on the ground in both Spain and New Zealand, creating the world's first verified Earth sandwich. <laughs> I see how this is going. I mean, that's... Why? An Earth sandwich. Verified. How do you verify an Earth sandwich? Do you know what you can verify? How many winners of the uh, Spanish Grand Prix there were yes. between 2007 and 2016? But no offence, Phil, but Wikipedia could tell you that. Wikipedia could tell you about Earth sandwiches as well. I expect. Anyone can edit uh, that. Oh, I do you know, Phil, I was on your side for this, and I wanted to give you this one. No, you didn't. I did! She did! She said to me before, give me your shittest fact. And I tried. <laughs> I really tried. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Terry, alright? Which means that, Terry, for the third time, you are the winner of Fact Off. I wish I'd never bloody invented Fact Off. <laughs> <laughs> now it is time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. I watched the whole Grand Prix weekend coverage this week. I know, you'd expect that someone who does a Formula 1 podcast would always would always watch the whole weekend. But truth be told, we rarely do. Chica makes do with the highlights and sometimes I just make stuff up to cover the fact I didn't even watch the race. Anyway, there's a problem. Maybe I'm less fanatical than I used to be, but Jesus Christ, it's boring. Practice sessions where David Croft has paid his friends to be there and have a little laugh and joke. Teams are going round and round with no real narrative or competition for three whole sessions. What's the bloody point? Then Skytrail, their two race day interviews, so much that you can't help be sick of it. Karun Chandor did a simple and fairly sweet interview with Carlos Sainz about there's a grandstand named after him at the circuit. Carlos says the first year there were a few hundred people, then a thousand, then three thousand. They played that clip so many times in the build-up to the actual interview being aired that on Sunday when I finally saw it, I thought, I like that Carlos bloke, but he's such an arrogant prick. He's always got on about how many fans he's got. The TV presenters, now with added Jensen Button, who refers to himself as JB in the third person, are all filling time and frankly, I've got better things to be doing. Qualifying is all about the last 10 minutes, the race is about the first corner and everything else is pointless. But don't worry, I've got a solution. The weekend needs a full overhaul. Practice sessions are boring. I propose making the whole weekend more competitive and fun. The Grand Prix should be the culmination of this. I wouldn't change it much aside from making it better. And how would I do that? Well, exciting races are all down to random events, crashes, weather, etc. So let's mandate those. But the practice, gone. On Friday, the teams are allowed 20 minutes to make sure their cars are all glued together right and then we bring in the first game. It's called the Hunger Grand Prix. All the food for all the mechanics, management and drivers for the weekend is locked away. Over 20 minutes of frenetic racing, the team who finishes last aren't allowed any food until the Grand Prix is over on Sunday on a sliding scale up to the fastest who get all their food. Bonus point, one random commentator a week also has to go without food. 
Next game, sleepy time. The next 20 minute session means that whoever is last has to sleep in a flickering, strobe filled, bright white room with dripping water and loud noises. There's loads of sessions like this, banning the toilet, mandating which languages can be spoken on the radio, and of course, which driver has to wear a blindfold. Qualifying in the race then go on largely as they currently do, but with every human involved either sleep deprived, starving, needing to pee or blindfolded, I think it's safe to say that even the Spanish Grand Prix would be more interesting. The end. I think these are all excellent ideas. Yeah. That is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time, really, to talk about the W Series, which was uh, the slightly controversial women-only series that started in Hockenheim last weekend. Um, I don't know if either of you watched it. I did. It was, it was pretty good. Although Jamie Chadwick, who has got lots of uh, Formula 3 experience, absolutely walked it. It was very UKIP-y. Oh, Purple and yellow, yeah. Okay. Bad colour scheme. <laughs> Not that they were all quite racist. Right wing. I don't know. Don't know them personally. <laughs> and to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about an email we received about a charity thing. So Daniel Meats emailed us in relation to Mercedes uh, doing a good charity thing for a, a young boy who's dying of cancer and. Uh, Mercedes took the trophies to his family and all this kind of stuff on an old Formula 1 car and Dan, Daniel emailed us to say that we should maybe do something to do with the charity and he's got a kid and it's, it's actually quite an important thing to maybe not make this a frivolous thing and um, honestly I feel like you're guilt tripping us a bit but I will publicise the charity so if you go to justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Harry's Giant Pledge you too can do something right for once in your life. Now, I would say buy us a pint, but this week, do you know what? Don't buy us a pint. Give to this poor kid. Yeah. Buy that. Poor and then, pint. buy us a pint. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very worthy cause. Fair play to for Mercedes to do it. And what I thought was particularly nice is that I don't believe that Mercedes publicised it. They just did it to yeah. make him happy. It's a really nice charity and we would rather that you gave money to that charity than bought us beer. For one week only, we'll buy our own beer. We've all got jobs. Sorry, Chica. Yeah, we can I. buy our own beer. <laughs> you can buy me a beer. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss the Monaco Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. Follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can you buy all of the stuff just in case you missed it throughout this podcast? FF1S dot biz. Dot <laughs> biz. We didn't pay for that. Forward slash shop. It's dot com. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been G Graz. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.